Hello, everybody. Welcome to Guys Five Movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelico. You're listening to episode 172, and tonight is going to be one of the Fresh Five episodes covering the time period from July to December of 2022. Um, this has been like a bit of a cursed episode for mm. us. Um, Hence why I, I forgot what like half the movies were when we were just talking about it. I feel, yeah, it's like back in October we started like, you started developing the list and then it's like we were going to do it like last month and then you were sick and then now I'm sick and, but we're, we're just gonna, we're just gonna get it done and um, everything will be okay. Everything's going to be all right. Um, <clears throat> so if you're not familiar with this concept, uh, this is where Frank watches, you know, he watches movies outside of the podcast all the time and he ends up um, twice a year picking his top five movies, uh, regardless of genre or year of release that he's watched during that time period. And um, tends for the to first be, time for the first time. Yes. So, yeah. Thank you. Um, and it tends to be a lot of newer movies, which we don't often like talk about consistently on the podcast, but um so uh always like a an exciting time to talk about newer stuff so um frank was there anything else besides these five movies that you had considered putting on the list well there's a movie i, I thought i put on the list <laughs> but it didn't because i couldn't uh-huh. remember what the movies were called um and that was uh barbarians right <clears throat> barbarian mm-hmm. barbarian mm-hmm. um which i really enjoyed um kind of a slow burn like domestic terror horror movie that turns into something else mm-hmm. or at least has like some some surprising like twists in it or whatever um which i really enjoyed i thought it was good performances um i know that you and i kind of i, I don't know disagreed is not the right word but we kind of had different takes on the the twist in the middle of the movie. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, I think that you were a little less impressed with the way that they uh, just kind of drag some of the stuff out. Um, yeah, that's fair. And also yeah. hated that one character. Um, whereas I, I mean, I hated him too, but I appreciated hating him. Like I thought it was important mm-hmm. to hate him. Um. But it's a really it's it's a really well done movie. I'm not sure if it's necessarily like a quote unquote like hidden gem or whatever, something that people might not watch because I think a lot of people like genuinely enjoyed it and watched it. Like it was it was pretty like wild why widely watched. Um, but yeah, I think definitely something that's worth checking out if you're a fan of horror movies. Sure. Um, I really considered adding men to the um to the fresh five at the last minute because it just came out on showtime like last week and i watched Mm -hmm. it um i struggle a lot with that movie because i mean i think alex garland is a pretty brilliant filmmaker um i think there's very few people making movies today that capture kind of the mystery and weirdness of nature Hmm. as garland does i think that he's got some way of just like i don't know if it's if it's the cinematography or 
the way that he frames things, but he can just capture like trees and like lichen and moss and just make it seem like really weird and menacing almost and magical at the same time. Um, I just felt like the movie was too confused in what it thought it was. Where it was very much um, ultra feminist for a while, and I think hypercritical of like mansplaining and toxic toxic masculinity, mm-hmm. and how there's kind of like I I felt like the criticism for eighty percent of the movie was that basically there's like the same man hiding in every man no matter what sure that man is attempting to show on his cover there's still this like creep underneath him um which i thought was like overly simplistic and kind of insulting in a way um even though i enjoyed the movie for the most part like mm-hmm. up to the end and then i thought it just like completely switched focus almost right and it was almost like a an apology i don't know i it, i'm gonna watch it again at some point after i give myself a couple of weeks gap time in between it because i want to like pretty much like clear it from my brain and watch some other stuff and then like go back in fresh um because i kind of felt the same way about um annihilation uh the first time i saw annihilation mm-hmm. there was stuff that really bothered me about it and i found it to be very uneven and upon like subsequent viewings, I actually kind of felt a little more. I felt like I appreciated it a little more in terms of its um, like its cohesiveness as a film, and I thought it was a lot more interesting like the second and third time around. So I'm wondering if maybe with this movie, if knowing what's going to happen, because I really didn't know anything going into it, um, knowing what's going to happen, I'll appreciate it a little more. Hmm. So let me know how that goes. Those were really my two you know um there was some other stuff that i thought might make the list uh but in the end it was just i don't know it's unfortunate because a lot of things have come out and i just have kind of felt nonplussed by most of it or um i don't know it's almost like things are trying too hard maybe i don't know I'll hey, tell you, even, the... even though my 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 viewing of it, I was a little lukewarm. One movie that the movie that has stuck in my mind a little bit recently is um, the menu, and I know I wasn't like when we first talked about it off air. I told you I watched it. It was like a like I said, I was a little lukewarm on it. Um, but the movie has stuck with me in some ways um, over the past like month or so. Um, I'm, gonna tell, I'm I'm gonna tell you a secret. Yeah. I ain't never watching that shit. No. No. I have no no desire, no care. I'd rather watch Black Adam again than watch the menu. <laughs> it's better I don't even know Adam. what it is, but like the trailer for it, it just made me feel so condescended. You know, like I just I don't know. I have mm. no desire to watch that movie. I don't yeah. care about any themes in it. I don't care about the basic premise. I don't know. I'm just really like the basic higher. premise is the only thing that's good about it. Like I think, to, like to some degree, and like the execution of it, the the high mindedness of it, like the the elevated nature of the horror is um 
a little just uh um, yeah, I'm tired. I'm, I'm super tired of that shit. Yeah, I am too. That's how I felt watching Men at Times. Is like, like everybody's like trying to like, you know, do elevated yeah. horror, and it's like you can't force elevated horror. It just is, you know. It just it happens naturally. I think through the creation. Um, yeah, I mean, but that cat's kind of like one of the, you sure. know, yeah, yeah. I can't even think what the word I'm looking for. Like he's definitely like one of those one of the modern modern masters. Yeah, I was gonna say progenitor. Yeah, yeah. Like a, that's that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like I feel like there's some I don't know. And again, I haven't watched the menu, so I can't really like directly comment on it. But I feel like there's more to men in terms of like what it's saying than I feel like is going to be said when I watch the menu. Hmm. Hmm. I was actually really hoping to be able to put the Hellraiser reboot on this list, but mm. that movie was fucking god awful. Yes. And I saw some people like some YouTube streamers that I respect who are like horror critics, like actually praise that movie, and it really made me lose a lot of respect for him because I mean it's just it's just fucking trash, man. It's like yeah. no good, and it's such a mis misappropriation of what makes um the hellraiser movies like fantastic in my opinion agreed yeah it was not a good movie um i was really looking forward to it too that's one year away that's right um so like went out so we didn't have a podcast or anything and like sat out on the patio like with the laptop and like watched it um on a nice night and yeah it was really disappointed it was a shame um not that you would have ever had this on a list as even as a possibility probably but um since uh the the menu was like one of those trailers i made you watch on the spin chagrin um last year confess fletch mm. one of the highest chagrin movies um that i've had to sit through in quite a while um for a movie ostensibly i should like um a lot of chagrin just everything falls flat like every single joke falls flat almost it's just bad 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 um yeah, yeah i kind of feel similar though now that i'm thinking about it like things i watched i'm largely nonplussed by or just actively just like grown um because like i tried that triple r movie like you know i've tried a lot of things that have come out recently um in the past like six months and it's like and it's like I look around and it's like I look at these things that are being released like and it's like I'm just not that into the premise I I don't feel like watching them like um it's like that new Eddie Murphy and I, it's a comedy so you probably wouldn't watch it but it's that, that new Eddie Murphy movie just came up on Netflix and it's like I, I don't want to watch this like I don't know there's just not a lot that's interesting out there I'm curious to watch that um what's her name L Natasha Leone comedy on netflix i mean I know it's a series but um do you know what i'm talking about poker face i think it's called right no it's on peacock oh is that where it is yeah mm -hmm. I'm, I'm interested in watching that yeah i'll let it build up some um there's actually yeah a lot of television i'm much more interested in right now than um like coming out and stuff than i'm excited about a lot of movies but um but yeah um 
I don't know, just a just a dry period. I think it's really weird too. Like it's probably some of it is this idea that there's so much stuff getting released in the theaters, things have been held off on being released, you know, and it's like we're in this like weird period where I think like I don't know, there's just like a glut of just kind of like mediocre things coming out. I mean, hell, even the best picture like nominees like weren't that great this year to me, like in terms of what I've seen. Um historically. Um Oh, yeah. the one movie, yeah, there there was one movie that is the best picture nominee that you liked, though. Um, the Banshee, Banshees of Insurance. Yeah, it was a good um, movie. Yeah. But that's one of those ones where I don't know, like, how... I mean, I don't know, people are watching that movie, I think, regardless. Did, um, did we ever talk about The Northman on a podcast? Yep. We did. It was, uh, last... Excuse me. last uh springs uh fresh five yeah because we really got a copy of it and we both ended up watching it like that night evening right before the podcast and like put it on like last minute marked out yeah i really love that movie before the podcast yeah so. i um I wish that it, I could. I wonder if it's still on Paramount Plus. Actually, I should go. I know because I saw it on Apple. Um, no, it's, it's somewhere else. Though, no, 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 no. It's so. it's it's all over the place. I'm talking about. I'm not oh, talking okay. about Northman. No. Um, I'm talking about uh the Macbeth, the Cohen brothers Macbeth mm. with Denzel. Like that's something that I think about a lot, and I really would like to watch again. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think that's just on Apple, right? Yeah, it's unfortunate because like, that movie really, really good. Maybe my favorite adaptation of Macbeth ever. Huh. Yeah, um, I'd really like to watch that. So, all right, all right, so, we're done. <laughs> everyone, have a good night. <laughs> Curse podcast. So, number five on your list is 2022's The Wonder. It is directed by Sebastian Lilio. It stars Florence Pugh, Tom Burke, Toby Jones, Neve Alger. Elaine Cassidy and Josie Walker it has an 87% from critics and a 73% from audiences. You want to just tell us a little bit about this and why you put it on a list? A uh, period piece about a woman who's brought into a Irish or Scottish um, small village at, like, I guess the turn of the 20th century, maybe hmm. uh, late 19th, early 20th century, um, where she's meant to be the medical skeptic against um this nun who's like the uh spiritual like whatever faith faith haver faithful something Mm -hmm. um about this uh, young girl who's supposedly experiencing miracles in that she's not eating and has not eaten for whatever a very long time and it's being presented as a miracle and in order to prove or disprove the spiritual nature of it, <clears throat> they bring in, you know, again, this uh, nurse, the Florence Pugh character and this nun to kind of observe and make sure that there's nothing like duplicitous going on. Um, but of course, there's something duplicitous going on because the girl's mother is secretly feeding her by chewing up food and passing it to her, like when she comes to kiss her goodnight. <clears throat> so... It's an interesting movie because it's 
it's got elements of horror to it, but it's not a horror movie. Um, but it's also kind of like a weird spiritual, like gothic drama, maybe or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and where the question is, is the faith real, even if like I don't know the if the spirit is willing to like accept the miracle is the miracle real or is it just you know is it fraud no matter what because it's not actual like um transcendental or whatever like there's no actual like transcendent miracle occurring it's all fake but it's Mm -hmm. also like inspiring the faith of the people in the village and making people feel like the girl in particular that she's somehow um i don't know how much i really want to spoil like that twist because i think right, that that's yeah. like the biggest twist but the reason why the girl is going along with it and sort of like feels indebted to her mother um in an effort to like kind of appease her mother and also save her soul um so especially in the modern climate i think where people are very eager to believe anything really and are willing to kind of like forego scientific convention in order to feel connected to something um i think it's pretty interesting like to watch um i find i thought florence Pugh was amazing in it she's one of my favorite modern actresses um i thought it was a pretty good twist and i thought they saved it um well enough where it kind of like catches you off guard a little bit the only thing i think that stops this from being like a better movie is the weird pretension of the third wall breaking at the beginning and the end yeah um because it's bookended by like a deep dive into the set of where they film the movie and it's basically just i don't know yeah i mean it links into that twist that frank's not spoiling which is a really horrific twist and it was just the, those bookends uh in the modern day fourth wall breaking um exercise there the framing device is just completely and utterly unnecessary and makes me it actually irritated me just because it's one of those things where it's like, do you get it? Do you get it? And it's like, yeah. I, I, okay. Like it was just really just kind of, I don't think it, I don't think it was meant to be insulting obviously, cause you wouldn't do it otherwise, but it, it ended up being a little insulting, I think. But, um, and I, the, my other criticism was be, I, I think, you know, it's a shame. Like, uh, I, it's a shame that like people don't like, things that aren't like not like feature length at times like i think this could have been a probably tighter story at like 80 minutes um and i like this movie but i it's just like i know that you got to get to a certain runtime a lot of times for like releases and stuff like that and i think that's just a shame at times because i think this could have been a really really like truly great like excellent movie at like 80 82 minutes or something like that um like some of those like old horrors that we were watching last year in like the 70s and stuff like that um but yeah this is a really solid movie and i agree with you Uh, florence Pugh just like impresses me 
all the time anymore like in everything she's in like she's developing into a really great actor um throughout her filmography yeah definitely and i'm happy to see toby jones getting so many roles and so many different things finally what was that he we, we talked about recently that he was in Pale blue eye. We talked about it on the spin chagrin. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good movie. But yeah, um, yeah, it's a good movie. Um, I really enjoyed watching it, and I also like that it has horror elements to it as well. Like, like I know it turns into like this kind of gothic drama, but like early on, like when you don't know what's going on like where you it could be possession or like who knows what's happening like i <clears throat> supernatural in some way like i really like the uh the, the way it's like paced and filmed yeah. early on yeah. in terms of creating a potential horror environment yeah definitely yeah but i mean I'm, I'm always like a sucker for shit like that in movies um especially if they trick you or um cause you to doubt whether or not like there's an interesting this is kind of related to the podcast um tony my brother was at my parents house tonight mm-hmm. when order for dinner so we were talking and he was telling me how his friends were recently at a trivia contest that was all based around nick cage hmm. um and said that one of the questions was is nick cage a vampire in um vampire's kiss or whatever that movie's mm-hmm. called and my answer was well it depends you know what i mean right. it's like do you take the movie at face value or do you suspend your disbelief? You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. and I think that's, I, I, I love it when movies can do that effectively where they put you in a position where you're not sure what you're seeing or what the answer to that question is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't remember where the, the wonders on Netflix movie right so is it i think so uh, i don't know if it's netflix original but i think they got the rights to it so i think it's still on netflix they usually get it for like two or three months like a lot of yeah. times when they definitely one of stuff. definitely one of those movies that i did not have any intention to watch initially and just kind of put on and then was like really impressed by so yeah all right so number four on your list is 2022's emily the criminal it is directed by John Padden Ford. It stars Aubrey Plaza, Theo Rossi, Rossi, Meglin, Echa Kanwoke, and Jonathan Avigdori. It has a 94% from critics and a 79% from audiences. So you want to tell us a little bit about this one and why it made the list? Um, so, low-key... Mm, I wouldn't call it like a neo-noir like a millennial crime drama maybe hmm. um starring plaza as a kind of wayward uh 30s early 30 something late 20 something um who's gotten in significant debt from college um and also has a criminal record for some um assault that she committed like in her late teens early 20s um so she has a combination of being like nigh unhirable and in crushing debt um works as a sort of like high-end doordash delivery person for a catering company 
um, and gets through the lure of quick money gets drawn into this kind of criminal world where she's working for um, what are they Armenian or um, these criminals who I'm actually not sure their nationality these they they talk about it a couple of times like where they're from or at least like where their partners are from um, but <clears throat> these criminals who basically are um, duplicating like stolen credit card numbers um buying product with them and then like ditching the card so they're doing like one-time deals basically um so she's initially reluctant then she kind of gets into it because she's good at it and the money's easy and then she sort of like falls for the guy who's the main um uh proponent of the crime ring i suppose um and kind of gets in over her head and then um sort of finds like some personal agency with it but then is just more or less um like he gets robbed by his partner and they go and she ends up stabbing the guy and um almost killing him and then robbing him and then she has to flee the country and ends up in mexico where she's sort of uh committing the same crimes but on her own like in the role of the um the leader of the crime ring so i thought it was a pretty pretty bold movie for um i mean i think that aubrey plaza like full disclosure one of my favorite like modern actresses um i think that she picks really good interesting roles um i think she's really brave in the roles she takes and I think she kind of, I don't know if there's a type for her, but she definitely plays against type as like, you know, attractive young lady sort of. I mean, she does like some really like surprising roles. And um, I don't know. Have you ever seen, uh, is it the hours or the small hours? Maybe I think I have not seen the that, witch, uh, the witch mm-hmm. movie. Um, no. Really good. Fantastic performance yeah. there. Um, what is that? Life after Beth or whatever is really good. Right. This movie yeah. just, there's something about her where she's got this every woman appeal um without being like i mean there's still like an edge of like mystery to her in her performances and mm-hmm. um there's always like a slight amount of um uh what's her name in uh parks and recreation um april ludgate april ludgate, ludgate. Yeah, april right? ludgate. always an element of april ludgate to her too and like the sarcasm and like the sardonic delivery of things mm-hmm. Um, I think it's interesting that they don't redeem her and they also don't uh, punish her. Right. Like she kind of just gets away with it, but at the same time, she's got to, like, she has to basically reject and flee from everything she knows. But, like, what does she really have anyway? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. in the end, she gets to go live in another country and um, doesn't have to deal with, like, facing her comeuppance for what she's done or paying her debt or anything like that so um it's almost a weird like escapist fantasy which maybe i like might appeal like from a perspective of millennials um but yeah i thought that the performances were really good i thought there was some really interesting tension to it um i think that it reminded me in some ways i mean not tonally and definitely not in the writing but it reminded me in some ways of something like brick Mm-hmm. Where it's like an interesting like take on a noir without really being like a true noir you know it has just like elements of it um i thought she was amazing in it um i really liked seeing her kind of 
regain her confidence and stand up for herself. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It was just a really enjoyable movie. Another one where it was just kind of like I was sitting here one day and it was on Netflix and I was like, you know, fuck it. I'll just watch this. And then it'll be really impressed with it. Um, her and the performance of the guy that plays um, uh, whatever his name is. I can't remember the character. Theo Rossi. Yeah, but just um, really, really good. So not much else to say about it. I don't know. Yeah, I think Rossi's a really um, good actor who anytime I see him in roles, he um, he's always very charming all the time and i think that i think he works really well here um with her um it could be that like that's just kind of like his like what he can do is just be like you know a little tough and very charming um i'm not sure um but he always impresses me and i think he's always good in everything that he does a lot of times um I think he's also very distinct looking, which maybe like loses him roles possibly sometimes, but he's somebody that I would actually like to see a lot more of, um, and stuff, but yeah, Plaza here like really steals the show, obviously. And, um, I, I haven't seen a lot of her, any, any, I know she's done dramatic work and it's like, I haven't seen a lot of it. Um, I think there's part of me that still thinks of her as April Ludgate, like more often than not because she did do a lot of comedies that had elements of that character um because i think that character is probably based a little bit at least off of like an exaggerated part of herself her personality. Right. yeah I, um, I i honestly feel i feel like she takes roles in spite of april ludgate if that makes sense like hmm. where she's always i think she's made enough money off of like royalties and whatever where she she kind of has that Ryan Pattison like feel to her mm -hmm. in the roles she chooses where it's just like I'm just going to do things that I think are interesting and characters that I think would be fun to play and I don't give a shit about the um commercial viability of the things I'm doing right um but I don't know I think she's a pretty fantastic actress and she's definitely one of my favorite like younger actors in Hollywood yeah um, I, the thing I'm re was really pleased with in watching this movie um, is something that I bitch to you privately about all the time, complain about is that there there's just like an absence of crime, like good crime movies anymore, and it's like like this isn't like a noir, and it's like I'm and but there was tons of stuff in the '70s that weren't noirs that I think are like these really excellent crime movies and i miss like the crime i just miss crime movies and this is this kind of satisfied like and showed to me how you can move it into a modern day and still make it successful in some ways like all those movies from the 70s like you know the friends of eddie coyle straight time mm. um you know are just crime movies they're not neo-noirs like you know there's nothing like you know reverential about them necessarily they're just gritty modern stories of criminals and um that was really refreshing to finally see something like that that's not like a damn bruce willis like 10 million dollar production that's being thrown out on straight to video because there's tons of those you know right. um 
but it's like something that's like well produced, well acted, thoughtful script um, that just tells these kind of like simple yet engaging crime stories. And um, so that was like really nice to see. And uh, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. And not the most complex crime in the world either. You know, it's not like anything over the top. It's like, oh, yeah, it's it's 100 (laughs) percent just like petty crime. Right. Right. Um, And I enjoy that aspect, too. Yeah, the the scene where the couple comes to rob her and then she goes out and like just beats the shit out of him mm-hmm. um, is fantastic. Like one of my favorite yeah. scenes in the movie. Yeah. And- yeah, that's a really good scene. I also like the scene with the first time she goes for the car. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. That's so tense. Too. Yeah, yeah. Really well done. Um, all right. <clears throat> so number three on your list is the sequel to satan's slaves from 2017 it is 2022 satan's slaves communion it is directed by joko anwar stars tara basro Andy afferon and bront uh palari has 100 percent from critics on rotten tomatoes and 88 percent from audiences so you want to tell us a little about this one and why i made the list uh one of the best what i would call haunted house movies um in recent memory to me um it's basically just the story of this group of indonesians i guess is where they live um that are in this kind of uh tenement home slum tower that's built in the middle of nowhere in this place that's like notorious for flooding um and it's just generally what starts out as being like subtly creepy um becomes creepier and creepier and there turns into more like haunting type stuff and possession type stuff and you finally find out that it's this kind of i don't know what you call it like the headquarters of this cult kind of were these places where they built where people would would kind of die and be almost like batteries to conduct into the next world so that this evil demon queen witch can like be resurrected or whatever i don't know i'm assuming there's going to be another movie that's going to explain more of it um but it's a really it's it focuses on this for this family that's a sister her two brothers and their father the father's kind of absentee and their mother passed away and then you find out that the mother is actually was this like i don't call her like witch queen or cult priestess or whatever that these people sort of worshipped and that's what the whole tenement thing was built around was the idea of this cult like having this place where um, they could bring these people so there's a bunch of really cool stuff especially because in Indonesia they're um, Muslim so you have a lot of stuff with like the wrapping and cleaning of the bodies and then um, which is it's really uncommon to see um like muslim burial rites used in horror uh, because it's usually not something that's considered you know like there's it's it's pretty haram to like show that kind of stuff in a entertainment aspect but it's also like really cool and it's got like an element of traditional like ghostliness to it you know like these corpses like sitting upright that are wrapped in like burial shrouds and stalking the hallways and um i think there's a lot of really cool visuals in the movie Mm-hmm. Um, there's a repeated threat of electrocution because the whole bottom level of the building gets flooded at one point 
um so nobody can go down there and eventually like of course like somebody goes down and like dies but sure um yeah i just i i thought it was a really interesting movie i thought the use of like darkness in the movie was really cool um i really appreciated the visuals of the ghosts and um yeah just in general uh very um really impressed with it i mean again it's just it's a haunted house movie so your i guess mileage is going to vary depending on whether or not you can kind of just sit back and enjoy it um there's the element of stuff from the first movie i guess they kind of if you watch them sequentially because it's been a long time since i've watched satan slaves mm-hmm. um there's still like that connection element to it and i i think that the guy uh that directed the movie is a pretty fantastic horror director um with a really good eye um and i'm interested to see like what he does in the future because i i don't know like he's right up there with me with um you know um fucking uh shit help me out here the hereditary guy and the north oh, ariaster yeah ariaster and, and um yeah yeah I, I think he's almost as good as like alex garland i mean he's got like some real talent to him um i just think that he's i think it's a weird it's a culture that we don't necessarily understand because we don't have much connection to it so to me it's like when you watch korean horror and like thai horror and um vietnamese horror where there's just certain elements of their world that don't quite translate to the western world um so not everything has the same impact as i think it would have if you were from that culture but i still find it pretty entertaining to watch and really interesting and um it makes me want to see more stuff that he's done when he does more in the future so and we have talked previously about um anwar for impedagore right yeah which has another one that's like it's with every one of his movies there's always something small that some goofiness maybe or i don't know whatever that keeps it from being like truly great but again i think that there's just some cultural disconnect um but yeah in in pedigree i thought was amazing um visually and had some really great like horrific scenes to it and i felt the same way here where um it just kind of like there were certain things visually that just sucked me in and i thought was uh was really great so yeah i i had to watch both of them because i had never seen satan slaves i enjoyed the second one more than the first um because it gets it's into a better a lot- movie yeah well it gets into more too i think more horror aspects of things and more um um more supernatural stuff and i think he's learned and he has better there's a lot of really great visuals like you said in this and i think there's a lot of scenes like really good scenes with tension like the elevator scene um with those kids underneath and stuff like that of the elevator that's like malfunctioning oh yeah that's pretty horrific um and yeah i i it feels to me like he's like developing a style like in this movie that i'd like to see how he how he continues in the future that is kind of like modernizing some of those j-horror like things from like the late 90s early 2000s um and like trying to find fresh and unique ways at times to do those like a bit differently um which is needed by this point um i think so yeah he's he's an interesting guy 
Like, so let me say this then. Maybe it's because we have less of a connection to um, like Shinto and Buddhism in this country mm -hmm. where that J-Har like element there's some like disconnect as Americans or Westerners because it's so different in terms of like the spiritual element of it whereas we're much closer to like the religion of of islam you know where you kind of like understand mm. those things more mm -hmm. so maybe that's something where it makes it feel more um relatable and so the horror feels there's like more resonance to it i i don't know yeah yeah maybe I didn't really and again that's one of the things that i thought was really interesting about it was you know it's it's definitely you definitely feel the connection to like like christian mythos in a way with like the burial rites and just kind of the mm -hmm. the outward like attitude of the guy that's the, the priest isn't the right word but the you know whatever the guy that's like the the holy man in the building um but it's also different enough where there still is like that feeling of uncertainty or like unusualness to it i, I don't know whereas in like the buddhist ones or the ones that involve like like Shinto or whatever. To me, it's so alien because it's not something that we really right. Like even if you're knowledgeable on it, you don't really see it every day, so it feels different. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can tell you, you know, the whole thing with like in the Buddhist um, horror movies where they put the the pieces of paper like on the head, you know, to kind of like seal the evil. All, all that stuff is so different for us. Mm -hmm. But it's actually ways that they really you know in in countries you know that follow those religions that actually deal with um like trying to ward off evil spirits like that and stuff so there would be more like to us it just seems kind of silly whereas i think or at least it's like on you know it's alien in like yeah. the truest way yeah yeah, yeah. i mean i, I thought it I don't know if silly's incorrect. I mean, I think there's like a hesitancy to, um, you know. I thought about eyeball. it too much. So. Right. Um, I have a much more uh, uninteresting earthly observation is this was made on a million dollars, which I think is really fucking impressive. Oh, yeah. I don't know how the fuck you make that movie on a million dollars, honestly. Well, a million dollars in Indonesia is probably like 200 million dollars yeah so. yeah i suppose so but it's like that it's it's crazy like that that's made on a million yeah yeah it has some really good um really good effects to it and yeah it definitely looks like a professional yeah you know hollywood feature film so yeah. looks better than a lot of stuff that comes out over here my <laughs> i agreed yeah yeah um all right Number two on your list is 2021's Dash Cam, uh, is directed by Rob Savage, and it stars Annie Hardy and Amar Chattabatel. It has a 48% from critics and a 35% from audiences. Do you want to tell us a little bit about this and why it's on the list? Um, This is a brilliant fucking found footage film. I, I, absolutely something I had no desire to watch, and it yeah. was another one where I just was like, you know what? like fuck it i got nothing to do and it's 80 minutes long or whatever i'm just gonna mm -hmm. watch it um it is 
it's maybe the most brilliant use of an unlikable protagonist to make meta commentary on our modern world without ever giving without ever like breaking the fourth wall to tell you whether or not you're like how you're supposed to feel like it 100% is leaves it up to you as the viewer to decide how you feel about this character how you feel about the events and does this amazing job of like creating real like visceral tension in the sense of like what's happening in the, the the found footage element of the horror while at every turn like destroying any kind of tension with the ridiculous like goofy nature of this right. absolute asshole that you're like forced to kind of like ride along with for the course of an evening um i i think it's one of the most brilliant performances i've seen in years yeah. um I knew nothing about this woman beforehand, so I didn't even know what I was supposed to think. And it like twisted my emotions and made me so angry at like different points and like literally like angry. Um I thought it was brilliant. I thought it looked really good. I thought the premise was really cool. Um I thought the horror element was I, I mean, I'm a big fan of cosmic horror and I love the addition of the cosmic horror element to it. Mm-hmm. And I also thought that it was brilliant to kind of like downplay it through just her reaction to things and her just absolute like lunatic conspiracy theory ass. Like, right. I don't know. It's just <clears throat> great, great, great movie. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it. Like, I think that I think you need to go in as cold as possible because I really think yeah. the the joy of watching this movie is in how it manipulates you without you even realizing that it's doing it for the first maybe like 30 minutes. And then when you start to realize it, it does so much to make you doubt whether or not you've actually figured out like what's happening in it. Like it's 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 very rare where I truly feel manipulated in a good way by a movie anymore where i feel like a movie really gets the best of me and i feel like dash cam like 100 got the best of me when i was watching it um so credit to it and definitely one of the better movies i've seen in the past year yeah um i i, I watched it twice because it feels like i watched it so long ago when you first originally mentioned it to me um it i can say it is one of the is one of the most wholly unique characters I have seen in I don't know how many years. Like, and unique in the sense of what you would see on film. Like, uh, because obviously this character to some degree exists out in the world, like, in many, many places. But um, to, to put that on film, I think, and and test the audience like that because if you read the reviews people turn this movie off oh 100 percent. how could you um, not right and i think it takes massive guts to um to to ride to, excuse the pun to ride with this character and like ride it out with her right and force the viewer to deal with that throughout because it's like there's like these multiple layers of horror that are going on and watching a second time yesterday the first time i'd watched on my ipad 
um, when I was laying uh, on the couch yesterday and I put it on the TV, I could read the, um, because like when she's like, you know, yeah, live, live streaming, tweets. you yeah. can see the, the people reacting to her. Excuse me. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, the, the people talking is its own horror show as well in the comments like of people like sad people that like feel that like they're friends with her in some way like disgusting dudes that are just constantly like you know like um simping over right or saying like disgusting stuff when other females come on the screen like it, it like it's like this uh i don't know like it has like so many different levels to it and given her belief systems it's also a comedy right like because it's like she has all of these like vast national global conspiracies and is um come upon this uh what numinous like supernatural experience entity whatever the hell like you know it all is like you said cosmic like horror and like she's still just the same person at the end like and it, i think it's hysterical and one of the best end credit sequences maybe i've yeah. ever seen in my entire life um <clears throat> but yeah I'll say, it'll, it'll I'll, test you it'll i'll test. say this for it too is, is like this may be a dated reference but it's so similar to watching andy kaufman in like the 80s with jerry lawler and you know we, we we talk a lot about wrestling we talk about kayfabe i mean like one of the greatest like kayfabe performances ever i think in terms of just right like not ever breaking character and not ever giving you an inch to know like how you're supposed to feel at all you know and you're right like watching the you know the reactions from the fans like as they pop up in the feed or whatever like there's some terrible things you read in there and it, it's mm -hmm. but it's true like all of it is very much exactly how you know you would kind of like see those things transpire on like a twitch stream or something so yeah yeah no it's exactly it's yeah it feels very it actually is one of the found footage movies that feels very real at times oddly enough um and made on again like on a, like i mean this was a covid movie like you know um that's referenced like throughout the movie but it's like made on like next to nothing again right um hundred thousand dollars that's pretty crazy yeah um yeah it's wild um but yeah, I mean, like I said, it if you if you watch this, it'll test you. Um, it's it's one of my favorite horror movies of like the past like year. Yeah, uh, me too. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh, um, it was it was crazy because I think I think I watched Grim Cuddy, which is another mm -hmm. movie that I've, mm -hmm. I vaguely considered like putting on this list, even mm -hmm. though I mean I I just thought it was okay. I didn't think it was like fantastic, but I thought it was also an interesting, you know, take on the whole like urban legend whatever like the parents don't believe myth type thing but it was um it was something i just watched and i just really impressed by so yeah yeah 
Absolutely. Oh, all right. Uh, number one on your list is 2020's Butchers. It is directed by Adrian Langley. It stars Simon Phillips, Michael Swanton, Julie Mainville, and Carolyn Bennett. James Hicks and Nick Allen has a 43% from critics and a not available from audiences. It mm. actually had less than 50 reviews. How much from uh, critics? 46? 43. Mm. So, um, so you want to tell us a little about this one and uh, why it made your list? Well, it made the list because I fucked up and couldn't remember that Barbarian was called Barbarian and not Butchers. Uh-huh. Although I really did enjoy this movie, but this was one of the first ones that made the shortlist originally yeah. uh-huh. um although thinking about it since i realized what the fuck it was that i was looking for um i really think this is a great kind of homage to um texas chainsaw like in the long run and you know in the more shorter term stuff like wrong turn or whatever right um it's just it's or the woman i think there's a lot of influence there too which is another movie that i really enjoyed in the past like 20 years um you know group of kids or young adults breaks down um there's a couple of brothers who are um whatever like redneck cannibal-esque like rapist murderers that are keeping you know this these women captive and you find out at the end it's so they can breed them basically and that they have a brother who's kind of a subhuman like monster that they keep chained up and um i think it's really well filmed um it's definitely got this whoever did the location scouting and set design for it did a fantastic job because it's got the feel of really hard to explain like that hopeless um like so far from society that like no one can ever help Mm -hmm. you um and especially when it's like the people that they encounter are people that are involved in the conspiracy to like you know kidnap and murder these people um not necessarily surprising or anything like there's no twist in this is gonna go oh my god like how brilliant but all really well done and all really effective um I would guess so if I have to guess like why the critical scores are so low um, is because it's just basically devolves into violence and um, they don't really feel like it does anything beyond. Well, it's, it's that it's wholly unoriginal um, is, is the main complaints. And I, I don't disagree with that. I just think that it's like there, this, this, this movie's doing nothing new. It's just doing everything really well i think overall um i think it's a like you said i think it is like to some degree an homage to a lot of those older movies and i just think it's really well executed um there are there is some there are some acting issues i watched this again yesterday because it had been so long um and what and got through most of it there are some acting issues other than that like you said it's really well shot it's really tense. They do a really good job with the violent acts, like of things being like, um, like the violence itself being hard to handle at times, kind of like grotesque. Um, there's like a kind of like a big ass like knife sword that one of them has at one point. Yeah. 
and like he slits the Achilles tendons of this guy, and it's like it reminds me a little bit of like things like the Terrifier at times. Yeah. Um, in terms of its like brutality, um, but I think you got to get to that brutality in the modern day to some degree to to affect people. Sure. And I don't know. I thought it was I thought it was a solid movie. Like I said, I agree with them. There's nothing new necessarily in this movie, but I, I think uh, for it being a copy paste job from one scene to the next. I think everything's handled really well. And I think it's really well paced. And I thought it was a solid horror movie for a slasher. Yeah. Same here. It, it was surprising to me that I enjoyed it as much as I did. Cause I avoided it for several weeks just because of the generic thumbnail. Mm -hmm. um, when you look at it on a. Uh, oh, when you told me to watch it, I like turned that thing on prime or whatever. And I was like, uh, what, what, the, what the fuck is <laughs> what's he marking out over here like i was very suspicious like when you first told me about it and I, I pulled it up but um yeah like this it's it's a it's a good it's a good hidden gem i think yeah um we'll go with that <laughs> no i i i'm making fun of this movie but i really did enjoy it quite a bit yeah just not the movie i thought that right cuz i'm going to be honest overall i enjoyed it more than barbarian really yeah yeah I love Barbarian. You know, here's a, here's another thing about this movie that I like. And it's a thing that I'm having a big problem with anymore with modern horror. It's, it's not trying to look pretty. Well, that's true. I, I am so tired of modern horror spending way too much time looking pretty. Like Barbarian does it. Um, uh, what the hell is the... Um, damn it. The one that like is trying to be like Suspiria, um, that came out a couple years ago. British director, I think. Uh, Last night in Soho. Mm. Last night in Soho is trying to be is is too too flashy, too much a neon, too pretty. Like there, there's a lot of movies out there that anymore are trying to be like, and it's like that that doesn't that takes me out of any kind of horror element. It doesn't look like yeah. horror to me i i would argue that and i and i know you like it better than i do but it's like uh, the new candy man was too pretty i would say the same thing i would say the same thing about the hellraiser i thought it was too too clean like the entire thing like it was just too i i don't know um like some of that stuff is really bothering me just as much as the elevated horror stuff um mm. that's going on um the forced elevation of horror i guess but so yeah i thought there was a nice little throwback in the modern day to uh something that like you know actually is like unsettling um i felt that same way watching um the newer wrong turn movie um just kind of a gritty like maybe it's something to do with being in the woods or whatever or the wilderness mm -hmm. Um, but I felt the same way watching that. Like it wasn't trying to be like this gorgeous, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But I like that too. You know, I mean, I'm a fan of the A24 movies and they tend to, to do that a lot. So I think it depends on the movie. I yeah, mean, you're right. Um, I know I not a big fan of the movie, but I think Midsummer works. Right. I mean, 
I, I think that's a movie that's like you know with that setting and stuff like that's designed like to look really pretty you know and bright and sure um but <clears throat> i mean i i think like how he filmed like edgar's films the witch i think it's pretty looking but it looks like a horror movie and it's not like too pretty like there's a bleakness to it and i feel that like a lot of movies don't have this bleakness like they're i don't know um what else did it recently um oh the new the newest texas chainsaw that fucking disaster Mm. did something similar where it was like too nice looking or something it was like um yeah i think it strips the horror out of things um but yeah so i liked uh i liked all those horror movies that you had on this list but um but dash cam man dash cam is that's that's the one i really like that movie yeah dash cam is pretty great movie and I don't know who she is, but um, and I don't know if she'll ever be on anything ever again. But like, uh, I I love that singer that plays that. That's the thing too. She's not even an actress, right? She's just a singer, right? Like, she doesn't have like a lot of acting experience. She's uh, she was a lead singer in a band, and she's a YouTube personality, I think, right? Right. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's crazy. Um. Yeah. Like that's the yeah, that's that's wild. All right, so um, next couple of weeks, uh, we will have out um, a deep dive that I'm that we have pre-recorded. I'll just like let put it out there of, of uh, Pi and the Wrestler uh, is one of our return slots that uh, I was really happy talking about both of those movies. Um, so that's something to look forward to, and then we'll be back at the end of the month with the top five horror movies of 2001 as we like start down that road through the 2000s um any final thoughts on brush five tonight modern film i know what it means to walk along the lonely street of dreams (laughs) Uh, Um, gotta gotta elevate this podcast now right uh uh oh spaghettios um <laughs> i don't know there's a bunch of stuff coming out this year that i think could be okay yeah um it's always going to be something that i didn't suspect that's gonna like really get to me you know like florida project and red rocket last year and um you know something that you expect to like but it's still like exceed your expectations like with the northman um sure red rock was so good i saw i i saw that listed the other night um so it was up to watch free somewhere and that's such a good movie i'm having a lot of trouble though watching uh a24 movies all the way through anymore Hmm. which i find weird because like i was so into them but like i don't know maybe they're going too far or something i don't know in terms of how, how how so I just get so bored. Like, mm. <sighs> it's not because I'm. I mean, that's unrelated. Um, even talking about it makes you bored. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I just, I want them to be great, but yeah, I don't know. Like, there's every time I I start one, I think like, yeah, this is this is gonna be it, and then I just. I'm falling asleep in the middle of it, or I just don't care, or I don't know. Yeah. 
I don't know what it is. It's maybe they're trying to like outweird themselves like constantly. Yeah, I, I I do think there. Like I said, I think there's a point where it's like uh, that elevates horror shit just doesn't work, just doesn't work, and it's just boring and it's dull. Um, and that's why I really like Terrifier too. It's why I like Butchers. It's why like I, it's a, it's what I said to text you the other night about men. Like you know, it's like. This is me saying it, and I'm not, like, the biggest slasher fan in the world. Like, I get bored with slashers. I was hoping men would just turn into a traditional, like, slasher-type thing where she beats their asses, you know? Like, I mean, um, that would have been much more interesting to me than what it turned into. Like, whatever fucking metaphor was going on there. Um, <clears throat> who knows? Yeah. All right. But, yeah, there's, um, I don't know. Wait, there, there's a lot of really bad stuff coming out this year, but like also a lot of really interesting stuff. Um, bunch of Nick Cage, so we at least got that. There is a bunch of Nick Cage. Um, so something to look forward to. Nothing All right, else matters. <laughs> fucking, uh, fucking Indiana Jones coming out. Sorry, I was going through a list of what was coming out this year. You know what? what? How are they advertising Oppenheimer now, and it doesn't come out till July? What kind of push is that? Is it a movie about the father of the atomic bomb? Yeah, yeah, it's, it, it's fucking Nolan. Um, I say that so angrily. Um, yeah, Nolan did a biopic. Um, it's Cillian Murphy playing um Oppenheimer. Oh yeah, that's it, that's good casting. Oh yeah, it's um, but yeah, and then it's like Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, Robert Downey Jr. All these people are in it. Um, but um. It looks beautiful, like so far, and um, but um, and it's getting like you know all this hype about like how he filmed like the nuclear explosion and stuff like that. Um, I'll have to see it. Like, I'm gonna watch it right now. Let me tell you this. Yeah, let me tell you this secret. Okay, this movie's gonna be pretentious as fuck. <laughs> I completely missed the point. <laughs> I was gonna say what little I saw on the trailer of like the nuclear like blast or whatever, it's like Lynch did it better. I mean but I'll have to see it. Like I can't say that without like seeing it. And I'll probably need to see it in a theater, but Oh my god, it looks amazing. Yes. It does. And Mur Murphy looks fucking awesome. Like it's uh... Jesus, he looks he looks exactly like him. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In June, there is a movie called The Boogeyman coming out. Is this like a remake of? Is the Jared Padalecki in it? He is not. Is somebody going one, two, three? Not fucking trailer. Or wait, are they counting backwards from ten? Yeah, how does that uh, work? Yeah, I think that's how right. do you how do you get rid of the boogeyman? Yeah, you count backwards from ten. Yeah. You know what, though? This movie's going to be like six hours of just tight shots on Cillian Murphy's wet fucking eyes <laughs> as he stares off, like, yes, mobily into the distance. See the fucking pores in his face. Yeah. Watch it. Watch a lip twitch for, like, fucking, like, 30 God seconds. Damn, that is, that is a beautiful fucking trailer, though. Holy oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. God, I want to see this movie so bad. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, it looks it looks it looks amazing. Um There's them wet fucking eyes. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get a lot of it, man. The he, has he has become death destroyer of worlds. There's another Exorcist movie coming out next October with Ellen Burstyn. What? Oh man, David Gordon Green's doing it though. <sighs> nice. <laughs> you like David Gordon Green, don't you? Sure. Am I thinking of the right guy? Oh no, that's the that's the Halloween guy. Yeah, but I like him just fine. Yeah, I mean I don't like he's not my favorite director or anything, but he's fine. Okay. He just completely fucked up the Halloween series. Yeah. That's not true. I really enjoyed that I, third movie. I liked the third one too. Yeah, um, yeah, we were we were the outliers there. All right, Renfield so, comes out soon. Excited for yeah, that. That's like that's April, I think. Is it? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, um, I saw it and then I lost it. But yeah, it, it's sooner rather than later. Um, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of stuff coming out that'll be interesting. Um, a lot of the big name stuff coming out is like hit or miss. But um, I'm excited for the new Guardians movie. Um, even if I'm not that high on the Marvel stuff recently, like overall, I'm sure I kind of want to. That Black Panther movie actually is that out on Disney Plus now? Is it? I thought so. It's it's either this week or the end of next week. Gotcha. Shazam comes out in March, like the second Shazam movie. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the first one. So yeah, it's it's a fun movie. Yeah. Um, there's a Marlow movie coming out. I know, like I think soon, like this month. But it's Liam Neeson, so I don't know. Yeah, Wakanda Forever is streaming right now. On Disney oh, is Plus. it? Oh, okay. Yes, I know what I'm doing tomorrow. On. Yeah. Yeah, Renfield is uh, April 14th. Yep. yep. Oh, that Evil Dead movie's coming out in April, too? That sequel? Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that, but we'll see. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's stuff to watch, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So across the Spider Verse comes out in June. Inside of my eyelids, that's what I want to watch. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening, everybody. Deuces.